We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into our daily mailbag, Brian, right off the bat here. So if you've got questions, please put them into the chat. We will star them. We will get to them. Let's see what the the people, what the, what do the people have to say today, Brian? Well, I think there actually has been a lot of conversation about a, a whole lot of different things, but there's been really good talk about the, the you got, y'all actually rallied after, you know, I don't know what the heck y'all were talking about early. Y'all rallied pretty well, and there's a lot of good talk about the opponent. So if you have some questions or things you'd like to bring up, please let us know, throw those in there. Now, Alan Watson kind of kicks things off because I do have a, a serious question. What is the first few days of camp? Like nothing gotcha. like the old two a days. Well, there's definitely uh, nothing like that. No, that's those, for sure. There are nothing, any days of camp that are like the old two a days. Right. Like, it doesn't even exist anymore. And I, I have <clears> high school level or the college level. Cause which I'm so actually okay with. Yeah, I am too. I, yeah. I, there, there's a piece of me that's like, man, they should do it the way we did it. But then and the like, only justification I had that first thought too, yeah. like made you mentally tougher. And then you actually sit and think about it. You're like, did it really? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Cause anything about as a player, like, man, cause you're just, you're just trying to survive. And I'm like, I understand that makes you mentally tougher, but not at the expense of uh, the getting one good th- work in from an execution yeah. standpoint. The, the one thing I will say, and uh, from a high school standpoint, so going through two a days and everything in high school, we were there from like 7 a.m. to like 6 p.m. Like all day, we ate lunch together. We just mm-hmm. we were together for two straight weeks yeah. all day long. That part I did enjoy. You you almost were forced to hang with guys you don't normally hang with and things like that. And so I do appreciate that part of it. But from a coaching standpoint. I can't imagine even being a coach back then because it's just like you can get a lot accomplished in a shorter period of time. I will say that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you can have your meetings, you can have your practices. If you can't get done what you need to get done in 90 minutes to two hours, then you're not doing it right. That's how right. I feel. So right. there, there have been advancements in that kind of a thing. And so from a coaching standpoint, I get it, man. And I also get it where I wanted to be home as a coach. I don't yeah. want to be hanging out there all day long. Like, let's get our work in. Mm-hmm we do and let's let's get out of there man let's enjoy at least the last tail end of our summer but anyway for notre dame purposes the first few days of camp are helmets only 
Uh, it is scheme. It is condi- not so much conditioning anymore because they've been doing that all summer. So it's drill work. It is recognition. It is 1v1s and stuff like that. But they're only wearing a helmet for the first few days. Yeah, because it takes a while to get kind of uh, used yeah. to having the equipment on. Absolutely. Then they move into shells, which is helmet and shoulder pads. And they only really and that's work- for two days, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Or no, one day. Because it's day five is when you can go full pads. You can go full pads. And I do they even do two practices a day anymore? I didn't think so. No. so what you can do is you can do like walkthrough stuff. So like you can kind of you can it, there's extra meeting time. There's some walkthrough things you can do uh that that allow you to kind of get back out there and but it's not uh it's not to the degree right that right. So, I mean, it's, it used to be, they yeah. step it up. So it's like you, you start with just helmets, then you go to helmets and shoulder pads, then you go to full pads mm-hmm. and then they back it down again. And, and then you start kind of coming off of that and you're not right. really full pads anymore. So, right. And no, uh, Lucas Chapman, uh, they are not going to Culver, uh, I believe is what that's I've one heard. thing that we do. Yes. We that's are not the only thing yeah. we know, but they are not going to Culver. So, yep. So there you go. And the the decision to do two-a-days the way they're doing it, that's not a Notre Dame decision. That's an NCAA decision. There's rules about all this stuff now. Right. You have to you have to slowly kind of stair-step it up. So, But yep. good question. Good question. Yep. I, I think the other thing, too, that I like about um, – I do think I do like about not having two-a-days events is as long as they – you still get the same number of practices in pretty much. Right, right. But I think there's there's been a lot of more emphasis on you can do team building without it being the way we used to do team building, which is through the adversity of y'all better survive this second practice. Yeah, yeah. You know? absolutely. Because when I, when we were when we were kids, it was you had two days every day for the first like weeks. Yeah, two weeks. And then it was two one two one two one, and they just got rid of it all together, which I I think is smart. It, right. And again, it's not because it's like oh you're soft. It just you can get that you can be in great condition and you can get plenty of work in without it being that plus i also like the idea of it allows you more weight room time yeah in my opinion because one thing you could not do in fall camp when i was coaching and when i was playing i wasn't going to the weight room the next day never. i could barely lift my arm up yeah, we never hit the weight room during right two- but now you can you can get yeah. weight you can get morning workouts in or evening workouts in and those type of things so it allows you to continue building and maintaining your strength yeah, uh, which I think is a, a very good thing and to help you work for the season. I will also say, when I was in high school, we, not only did we do two a days, but in the middle, we would do a walkthrough of special teams. So it was almost like two and a half practices. You know, we didn't have mm-hmm. that, you know, but we were still running down doing kickoff and we were doing special teams. They didn't want to worry about special teams during the actual two practice times. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was intense back in the day. There's no question about that. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We, we have some people that want to try to get you a fathead poster of Kane Madden. <clears throat> they were talking earlier Which, about, Kane, yeah. about uh, somebody coming out of the tunnel. With yeah. A, yeah. I mean, I'll, with, I still feel really bad for Kane Madden because I think he took a lot of the brunt of right. the frustration people have with Jeff Quinn and Brian Kelly. And I don't think that's necessarily fair. I don't think it is either. I think if he yeah. would have come over to Notre it's not Dame, like he wasn't trying. No, absolutely not. Right. If he would have come over and had Harry Heastand as his coach. Things would have been a little bit different. Now, well, I, yeah, he wouldn't have been as as bad, but he's just not a Notre Dame level player. That might have been replaced, but that that well, he definitely would have been replaced. He wouldn't have started under Harry. That's what I'm saying, that, like yes. I, I, we said, and it had nothing to do with him as like individual or anything else. But when they announced that he was coming to Notre Dame, we threw in the tape of Kane Madden at Marshall. Yeah, because yeah, pro that football focus, all American, you know, I mean, all this. We, yeah, we broke it down and. I, I remember I sent the video to Chris Summers, uh, another guy that works with us. And he's your O line guy. He used to be your O line coach. Yeah. coach. I said, hey, because he didn't know this was before they officially announced it, but you knew about yeah. it. You told me. I said, watch this kid. Tell me what you think of him. He's like, um, he's a good mid level college player. Like, I don't. He's really good Sun Belt caliber. Yeah, absolutely. But it never, he never translated to being a Notre Dame level player based on the film that I was watching and it right. proved to be a fact at Notre Dame. And that's unfortunate. They put him in a position to fail in my opinion. And that's not fair. And, and, and the frustration that people had was taken out on him. Yes. I agree. And that's what I, I felt bad about to be completely honest with you. We, we had this down here, Vince uh, from Irishman seven, one, one, four coming to y'all from the ER. Oh. having to get stitches from accidentally cutting my leg open. I'll be fine, but we still appreciate prayers that it heals soon. Man. We will definitely pray for you, but in uh, I do. And in, in, in our prayers don't come with any conditions, obviously. And we will certainly pray for you, but I do feel like when you say something like you accidentally cut your leg open, you got to share that story. Like, <laughs> I, how did you accidentally cut your leg open? So I'm very curious about that, my friend. Right. Uh, but in all seriousness, you know, uh, heal up. Obviously, we appreciate you. And and uh, we got a dude on a date with his wife watching the show. We got one of our guys in the ER watching the show. I hey, love this community. If you're not like dying, yeah. take I long love time. love this community. I love. I really do. I really awesome. do. Here's a good question from Irish Shytown. What 
Brian, what would help Stanford? Oh, the list is long. Well, I mean, if if I'm being serious, number one, David Shaw needs to be rejuvenated a little bit. I think he's gotten very complacent, comfortable, and 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 I think part of it is because there is no pressure from Stanford to take the next step. I just don't think they really care about whether or not their football team is good because it's just yeah. like we'll we'll get our Pac-12 money. But Stanford's a lot like Notre Dame; they don't need the TV money. You know, like they're they're doing fine. And they're so good at everything else but football. I mean, Stanford has – if you take football out, Stanford probably has the nation's best sports program. I mean, they're in that conversation every year, Vince, because they're so good at all the Olympic sports. Their women's basketball team – didn't their women's basketball team win the title a couple of years ago? Tara Vander – what's a Vanderveer, right? She's been there forever. Yeah. And she won another title a couple of years ago, I believe. Yeah. You know, they're always great in swimming and golf and all these different sports. I mean, Tiger Woods is an alum and all that other kind of stuff. But yep. You know, it, it just their football team. I just don't think they care. You know, look, all the facilities in the world would help, but look, they're so behind the times and how they run their program. Like, I, I, I still don't think they allow early enrollees. They just now started letting kids visit early, right? Because like they, they wouldn't, right? Or you had to be accepted into the school, right? I think to officially right. get a scholarship and all these right. different, get, yeah. I mean, it just it, they're so behind the game and and yeah. what they do, and then you. You need grinders. Yeah. Like I was talking to a buddy of mine and he was like, they were like the, one of the last schools to figure out how to use zoom and recruit them. Like Stanford, Stanford was one of the like smartest people. You should have had some of your school should have invented this new program, right. you know, that, that, you know, and it, yeah. it's just, it, it reminds me a lot of Notre Dame sort of in the tie and Davy era. The talent's not the same anymore. You don't have an administration that necessarily cares, right? You don't necessarily have a, a an institution that is willing to pay the money to, to build the things up, but more so you don't have coaches in place that have a sense of urgency to do the things that they need to do. And, and unfortunately, I think, you know, like, like Stanford used to be, we've talked about this before, won't rehash it, but they were such a good physical running team and now they're soft. How does that happen? Yeah, right. That's complacency. Yes. It's you've lost your edge. And so, honestly, Irish Town, until David Shaw gets his edge back or they make a coaching change, and I would never advocate for Stanford firing David Shaw. I feel like, yeah, he's kind of earned. And he, I think he's an alum. Like, he, he's a good yeah. fit there. It's just, right. I feel like he's complacent. Like he's Somebody pumped. needs to step in and say, hey, coach, right? right. Like, we got we to gotta do. And he's always, like, talking to the media and he's doing the NFL draft stuff. And I just think he's comfortable. Yeah. And when you're comfortable, a lot of times you lose your edge. That's true. Yeah. That's true, man. I see it all the time at yeah. level I'm around all the time. Yeah. see it all the time. Coaches get comfortable. And they just kind of expect it to be how it always yeah. was. And when you're comfortable, you're going to surround yourself with people that aren't going to rock that boat. And, exactly. yeah, Lance Anderson's not very good. But, you know, he he does what I want him to do. And he, you know, and, and I just, you know, and the other thing, too, is he's made some bad hires. Look, Stanford is uh, about four, three or four really good hires away from getting back on track. Because the thing about Stanford, they can still recruit. Sure. Right? I mean, they just went and got Cedric Irvin Jr., which I, I'm very happy about. I mean, I, I look at their – you know, Walter Rouse was a highly ranked guy. Miles Hinton was a five-star guy. Tanner McKee was a highly ranked recruit. Michael Wilson was a four-star. Elijah Higgins was a four-star. Ben Urasek was a four-star. I mean, they got a lot of highly ranked guys. And they've been able to do that. They haven't made their standards tougher. They have to, as an institution, adjust and say, "Hey, as long as they're bringing in the same quality of student, we can change the with the we can change our processes to match the the, the modern 
realities of recruiting, you know, early enrollees and stuff like that. As long as kids still, you know, meet, meet your, your standards, you can do that. But it's, it's really about, you got to get back to getting those guys in a staff that can grind yeah. and that'll put into work and that have the ability. I mean, it, it, they really, they started losing their edge when they lost Derek Mason and, and they lost, um, um, I'm trying to remember his name, Vince. Uh, was it Bloomgren? Mike Bloomgren was their old line coach who left right. to become the head coach at, at Rice. Gotcha. They've never been the same team since they left. They've been soft up from the offensive line. They've been soft on defense. They had they've lost their they had some athletes. I mean, this is a place that's produced some legitimate NFL DBs. They used to be beating Notre Dame for DBs every year. Yeah, they did. And 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 guys that would draft it high and beat them for Tom Carter's kid. They beat them for Justin Reed. They beat them for a lot of different kids that Notre Dame wanted and in the secondary, and that just stopped Pat Paulson hey. Adebo. They, right, had, had some dudes at running back, you know what yeah. I mean? They, and they've they lost all that long line of good yeah. running backs. They've become soft, and I just think that only changes if David Shaw kind of says, "You know what? I I, I miss winning." <laughs> and I think this year could be a bit of a, you know, like look, they weren't good in 2019. They had a ton of injuries, and the the crazy thing is, he's had better quarterbacks in recent years than he did when they were really really good. Like if some of those if. I love Kevin Hogan, right? But he was limited as a player. If they had Tanner McKee and, and Davis Mills on those teams, whew, you know what I mean? Like, look what they were when they had Andrew Luck. Right. I mean, Davis Mills Davis Mills was a third-round pick despite the fact he hardly played at all in college. That's how talented he is. Tanner McKee is a guy that people think is a first-round pick. Quarterback, they're still good. It's everything else around them, the, the edge, the toughness. When was the last time you watched Stanford play Notre Dame or anybody in Vince, and you're like, man, that looked like a vintage physical state. No, they yeah. just pushed him around last year. Absolutely. They pushed him around in 2019. Right. And that 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 used to be the other way around. Stanford was pushing Notre Dame around. Absolutely. Yeah. And and honestly, yeah. until they get back to that, it's had to get over that Stanford hump. Yeah. Remember, I mean, there that oh, was yeah. that was a legit problem for Brian Kelly. He couldn't get over the Stanford hump. And then when he finally did. That also kind of coincided with the Stanford fall from greatness. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. that was a huge hurdle. I remember talking about that with you. Like, why they have this problem with Stanford. They just cannot beat Stanford because they yeah. can never match the physicality. Kelly started two and six against Stanford. Right. Two and six. He finished his career with a losing record against Stanford. Correct. I mean, and they and again, but look at the teams they beat. They beat a nine and five team who finished unranked. And then the last two teams they beat were four and eight, three and nine. Garbage. Yeah. But still, right. I mean, that but was a- to your point is they've, they've, they've lost that. They're not that team anymore. But to your point, we talked about this in 2012 Vince. That was the game. If you beat Stanford, if you can beat that Stanford team, you could beat anybody. And that was the mentality the Notre Dame had. Yeah. And now it's just like, Oh, just another blip on the radar. So yeah, get- yeah, we can get our, we can get our, uh, our, our backups ready for this game. That, yeah. And I don't want to see that like that, right. but yeah, it's, it's going to have to be about, for it's going to be so Shaw's going to have to get back on track and they're going to have to this institution have to adapt to the changing world of college football not by changing their standards but changing their willingness on timing and and being able to to do other type of things like that Michael John this is an interesting question Vince Michael Johnson Vince and Brian out of all the bottom teams how many players could play at Notre Dame so let's just say guys that could be starters at Notre Dame okay because that's important I think starters the the level here there's nobody at UNLV um in my opinion there's nobody at Navy 
there's nobody coming back at Cal that I view that way. I feel the same way about Marshall. Stanford has some guys that I would take at Notre Dame. Their corner, and, and I still can't get this kid's name right. Let me just give me a second. It's uh, He's got like kind of like two last names. Just give me a second. I apologize. But uh, he is a, he's a guy that some people think is a, a potential first-round pick. He's an all-pack 12 guy. And that's going to be something that I'm going to talk about with Syracuse as well. Uh, it is – where is he? All right, let's go pass defense. Just give me a second here. Apologies. Uh, here we go. Caillou Blue Kelly. Uh, he He's a really good player. And Garrett Williams for Syracuse at corner is a really good player. Those are two guys that I think could definitely start opposite Cam Hart. No question about it, in my opinion. That's no slap in the face to, to Clarence Lewis. It's just those guys are really good football players. Uh, so they both could play there. Uh, Sean Tucker would be a pretty darn good running back at Notre Dame. I mean, he rushed for 1,400 yards last year running behind the Syracuse offensive line, Vince. He, he could he could do some things at Notre Dame. Stanford, honestly, here's the funny thing is Stanford probably has the the, the most right. players that could play at Notre Dame. He rattled off a bunch of offensive linemen that, that you know, were four or five-star guys, right? I mean, it, right. It, some dudes there. For sure. It's not coach. You give Harry Heestand yeah. some of those kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be happy about that. I mean, Tanner McKee is a guy that people project as a first round pick of quarterback. Right. So, you know, he could play at Notre Dame. Let's just say, let's just say Tyler Buckner had an injury and Tanner McKee entered the portal. I would be begging Notre Dame to go after Tanner McKee. I'm not gonna say that now because I want to see what Tyler Buckner can do. But like if if that if he wasn't there, I would be beg because again, he's not a very mobile guy, but you'd be playing behind a really good offensive line. And he's got a really big arm. Uh to me, if Notre Dame had Michael Wilson, if he's healthy as their boundary receiver, I'd be feeling really good about their receiving core going into the season. They got a couple guys like that. Tremaine's a kid that I think could play the boundary for Notre Dame. So They've got some kids that they just don't have as many as they used to in the trenches, especially on defense. And I think that's the that's the bigger thing for me, Vince, that I would say those kind of guys. And I'll, I'll tell you what, right now, I mean, if Notre Dame, if he was in the portal and Notre Dame has some depth issues right now, it, it, the Rasheem Ali kid at Marshall's good football player. Like I wouldn't bring him in to start, but if, you know, if, with Notre Dame's injury issues, let's just say that Logan Diggs wasn't coming back at any point in time this year. When they need another running back and that kills in the portal, I'd, I'd, I'd talk to him. Yeah. I'd definitely talk to him. And Sean Tucker can definitely play there. Any any others, Vince, that you can think of, or did I nail them all? You nailed them. Got them. Okay. I, the Stanford one, though, the old line that you brought up, that, that's that's the one position you're like, yeah, there's some dudes that can right. battle. Which is what surprises me about how bad they are. You know what I mean? Right. Or how exactly. They, they are. Were. Well, they are because they haven't proven that they're any better. I mean, they, they literally ran for less than 100 yards per game last year. Right. You know, it's uh, it's embarrassing. It really is. Rob Osgood says, I love the schedule. The bigger games are spread out a little. I think this helps Notre Dame in a huge way. I do feel that the first four games will tell a lot about the team. Thanks, guys. I agree. I, I think there's a little bit of everything in the four in the first four games. So I think you're going to find out a lot about this team mm-hmm. for sure. You'll continue learning about them as the season wears on because I do. We've talked about this before. I like how the schedule kind of lines up. We, when we were talking about the quarters and things like that, Like I like how this schedule lines up and how things mm-hmm. are spread out and, and and the order and the homes and the aways and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want to break it down, I think the first four games are going to be very telling about Notre Dame. Absolutely. Yeah. If I could do anything different, I'd want November to be not quite as daunting. 
You know, I'd rather have that kind of in October than maybe. But anyway, but yeah. But here's the nice thing about it, Vince. You're if USC is what they what we people think they are, and Clemson is what we think there are, and and BC's improved, which you and I both think that they will be because they weren't in this conversation. You're going to have a lot of statement games to make in in November, which has been one of the issues Notre Dame has had in recent years. There's their November games have been kind of, eh, you yeah. know, because teams have been down. They're going to make you know, it. And, and the one year that they did have a big November victory was when they beat Clemson, which that win helped spark them to get to the playoff, even though they lost to Clemson in the ACC title game. So that is going to be the good thing. You're going to have Clemson, you're going to have BC and USC in November. So the whole, well, Notre Dame doesn't play anybody. And all, well, if, if those teams are what we think they're going to be or what other people think they're going to be, sure. a combination of the two. Notre Dame's going to end the season with some really quality wins that are going to be statement wins. So that is the counter. I'm just more looking at it as like that's when you're usually pretty worn down. And sure. and, and it's my BKPTSD of the 2017 season and how that ended because you had a tough November. So I'm going to be honest. I have a little bit of that in me as well. <laughs> it's real. Yep. Okay. I've been I've been thinking about this question for a while. Uh, from Archer452, our resident Ohio State fan. Thanks for hanging out with us. Question. And yes, what, we will always call you that, Archer. It's out yeah, of love. That's who you are, brother. Uh, what are the five college football stadiums you haven't been to that you would love to visit? Now, my list, I'm guessing, is going to be way different than Brian's because he's been a way more well-traveled than yeah. I. <laughs> um, so the, there's, there's schools wait. on my list that I would have had had I not had a chance to be there yet. Yes, yeah. absolutely correct. Um, okay. I have like nine things written down, so I'll Go let. It. Okay, you can give you can give them. So, and they're not in, in really in necessarily in any order, but they were as I was thinking of them as we were going. So, I would love to go to the cocktail party at Ole Miss. I, I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, seeing what that really any SEC team, but like Ole Miss, like that kind of a thing, I think would, is really intriguing for the atmosphere and all of that. So, that would be one. I had Georgia written down. I know you've been to Georgia, Brian. Mm-hmm. I'll out at Penn State. Even though I can't stand Penn State, I still think that that would be a cool thing to see in person. Just that massive stadium, everything. Like, I think that'd be pretty cool to see a night game. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Gonna get a chance to see Ohio State, I think. So I, I, I have them on my list. So that would be one I can check off this year. So I'm excited about that. I've got Texas Oklahoma at the old Cotton Bowl, and I've been to. Oh, okay. I, I would okay. like the old Cotton Bowl. I, okay. I, I that one would be cool. I know they play at Jerry's World now, I believe. Um, but I think that one would be really cool. Well, Texas and Oklahoma don't play there anymore still. They 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 don't play in Jerry World. Yeah, okay. the Cotton Bowl's played there, but I still think I still believe that Texas and Oklahoma still play Cotton Bowl. I still yeah, because it's an outdoor game. Okay, then yeah, then yeah. there you go. Yeah, let me just look that up. I don't know if it's the old cotton bowl, but they 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 play outside. Uh, the Red River Shootout. Oh, I guess they don't call it that anymore. Uh, let's see where it is played. Still, it's still played at the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, uh, the Cotton Bowl inside Fair Park in Dallas. Yeah, so it's still played in the Cotton Bowl. So that's more of a game you'd like to go see. Yeah, that I would love that. That'd be I would love to go cover that game or not cover that game, but be at that game someday. Yeah, like that would be awesome. I don't know what side I would sit on because it's like literally split down the middle. You know what I Just mean? Just try to get it like midfield, yeah, and then you can wear like the. You can like pull Brady Quinn's sister, right? Like have the Oklahoma on one side and the Texas on the other side. Awesome. That'd be pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, I, I do have Clemson written down. I think the the, the I, I would like to see you know them running there. 
Hill and all that. Like, I, that's I, pretty that, cool. It's a cool thing. I would like to see that in person. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Video today for whatever reason. It came Even up. in pouring rain, it was pretty cool. Vince. Yeah, I, I that would be cool to see. I would like to see that. I know this month might not be popular for other people, and it's not really a stadium. It's more of a game, but I would like to go to the Army-Navy game someday. I think yeah. that would be cool to see. Just one time, Yeah, see it and say that I've been there. Um, And then my last two, I've got Oregon on there for a couple reasons. One, I just want to see what Nike does at Oregon. Like I just want to sure. see the facilities. I've never been to the North, uh, the Northwest before, ever. So I think that would be cool as part of it. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and go to Oregon. I think that would be cool. My last one is the Rose Bowl, UCLA. I, I would like to go to the Rose Bowl. I've never been to the Rose Bowl. Um, I, If I have to pick a team in L.A. to go see, it's certainly not going to be uh, USC. And I've heard the Coliseum is a dump. I don't want to go there. It is. It is. But I promise you, you'll want to go there for a game. Fair enough. And here's why. Because the Coliseum is a flipping dump. And you'll, you may right. make the mistake I did. I was joking with Sean about this the other day. Uh, Sean Davis. And I was like, I'm driving to the game because his daughter goes to USC. And so I'm driving to the game and I and I made a left where I thought I should have I made a left where I should have gone straight. I'm driving. I'm like, oh, that's Crenshaw Boulevard. <laughs> I recognize this area. This was some boys in the hood. I'm turning around. <laughs> I'm not going the right direction. <laughs> it is a dump. But when you're standing on the field after the game and you're thinking about the fact you look up and you're like, dude, this is where the Olympics were held. Yeah. This is where Super Bowl number one was played. Yeah, it's more of the nostalgia than the stadium. And I think that's that would be the thing that you'd get caught up in if you were at that if you were at that Vince I think yeah I, I, you know but the the stadium is a dump it it, really yeah. the area around it is a dump I've heard like there's rats running around and just like, I've never oh, seen that I, yeah I've never seen that told me that story it wouldn't, sh- it wouldn't shock me yeah right it wouldn't yeah. shock me I just have yeah. never seen it yeah. it's on top of the press box you know at one like yeah, I don't know it just sounds very high schoolish in that regard so mm-hmm. but yeah. anyway so I yeah. That's yep. my list. That's my list. That's I, a good list. I did have the big house on there, but I went you've been. in there and that was everything that I hoped it would be. And yep. uh, it was awesome. So, I mean, there, there's a few that I've been to, but not enough. Yeah. So I've, I've been lucky. I've been to Clemson for a game. I've been to Georgia for a game. I've been to, I went to Ohio state as a kid. That was the first college football game I ever went to was at Ohio state. And it was 1989. It was the year before Barry Alvarez got hired at Wisconsin. They blew out Wisconsin late in the year. Scotty Graham went off. Greg Fry was their quarterback. Remember him, Vince? Mm-hmm. So that's how far back that goes. I've, I've been to Texas. Daryl K. Royal would have been one on my list. I've been to Michigan. I've been to USC. Uh, trying to think of some other cool places that I've been I've been lucky enough. To, I've been to Jerry World for that, obviously. Uh, I've been to Virginia Tech. You know, that's one a lot of people have on their list. I've been to North Carolina. You know, a lot of those places. I've been to NC State. The places I would would still like to go see, I would I, I'm I'm actually very excited that Notre Dame has a home and home with Florida, and I'm still hoping that by then the the swamp is still a thing because I would I've been in the swamp, but I've never been to a game at the swamp. Yeah, I would like to go to that as well. Yeah, yeah that would be pretty cool. I'd love to see a game in Alabama again. Uh, it's not so much that I think the stadium is cool, but I, I I'd like to be in Tuscaloosa to see what sure. it's like, T town and all that. But it's also the nostalgia, the the, the games that have been played there. I'm still mad at myself for not seeing a game uh, in at Oklahoma. The fact that I got out of this business to go coach for two years and missed that game. I'm still pissed at myself for that, Vince, to be honest with you. Um, I'd love to see a game at Boise. I think that'd be really cool. I heard Boise's a cool little town. I'd love to see the blue field and all that. Uh, I would really like to see a game in Neyland Stadium, Tennessee. Okay. 
I think that'd be a really cool place. I, I've been to Penn State, and, and the stadium just was kind of like – I went there for a basketball game a number of years ago, and uh, the football stadium just kind of looked like just big. Uh, yeah. you know, I think the whiteout maybe would be cool, but just whatever. Uh, hey, we're all wearing white T-shirts. Woohoo! Real creative, right? Um, but the Rose Bowl is the last one. I, I, and I don't care. I, I would I would rather I, – I want to see a game there. I'd prefer that it actually be a Rose Bowl. Fair but enough. But if it's just a UCLA home game, that'd be cool too. I think that'd be a pretty cool I, thing. I would yeah. actually not mind seeing the UCLA-USC game where they both wear home jerseys. I still think that's pretty stinking cool. Yes. I was talking I, about that in a show the other day. We're talking about the Oregon show I was on the other night. It's like that's the traditions that I I love about college football that sadly we're losing. I dig that a lot. Yeah. That stuff just doesn't matter not as much. So. so, you know. Yeah. Uh, here's one I didn't think about, but now it's on my list. I comp- This is another one that – if I would have gone through all the schools, I would have added to my list. There's going to be some that I'm going to, I'm going to kind of think about like, Oh man, I should have talked about that one. Right. Like like the Boise one I added late um, because as I'm kind of going through the conferences in my head. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think the, the egg bowl would be kind of fun, but I don't really care about going to that stadium, you know, which is kind of the the question. So I mean, I don't care as much about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I picked some, more like the atmospheres and not necessarily the stadium yeah. itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's definitely part of it for sure. Yeah. Like Army Navy, they hold that in an NFL stadium. Like I, I, I just want to be there for the Army Navy. Game, right. You know I mean? Right. So that's Those are cool games. Like if the question was, what are five games you want to see? Like that, like the Cotton Bowl, Oklahoma yeah. Texas be on there. I'd want to go to Ohio State Michigan game. I, right. I just would. Uh, you know, and that, here's the here's how bad Michigan is. I'd rather see it in Columbus because <laughs> I don't want to go back to Ann Arbor for ever for anything. Uh, you know, like so a lot of those were you know Alabama. I'd love to go to an Iron Bowl. Yeah, I'd love to go to an Iron Bowl. Uh, you know, so those are all, and I'd still you know I don't give too much two rips about basketball. But I still would love to go to North Carolina Duke game. I would love to be at a North Carolina Duke basketball game. That's the only basketball rivalry I've ever wanted to ever have any interest in yeah, seeing. I would want to go to it at Duke. I want to see Cameron. Probably. You see would, those nut jobs in action. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. look, I'm rather, I would rather be at Cameron Indoor than, than North Carolina's uh, arena just right. because of the history and whatnot. And it's just, right. it doesn't look like a basketball arena with all that wood paneling. It looks like a gym. It looks yeah. like a gym. Yeah. I dig that, yeah. man. As much as I yeah. dislike Duke. I would love to see that. I would. Yep. Got a few more we're going to get to here, Vince, I think. I, we, somebody was joking with me on the board. They're like, you say we got a couple more, and then like 45 minutes later, you're still answering questions. Yeah, you know. I'll keep bringing them in. Uh, Tyler Bengi, here we got one from him. Yeah, this is Brian and Vince. Any thoughts on the health of universities and finances with more booster money going to the students with NIL? Some schools might struggle more with lesser endowments. Well, endowments don't have anything to do with football. Correct. Like Notre Dame is not tapping into their twenty billion dollar endowment. I think their sports are going to be donating to NIL as opposed to sure. endowment. I think that's what maybe, but honestly, the numbers for NIL are going to be small compared to athletic budgets. I mean, like Ryan Day is complaining about needing thirteen million dollars. If you look at like what teams are spending on their budgets, it's like okay, it's not that much. But I do think it's going to hurt some teams. I, I really do because not every program has that kind. Florida State doesn't have the kind of booster program that can do both really effectively, you know. And so I, I do think it'll hurt. But I, look, here's the bigger problem: there are and, and COVID exposed this exponentially. Mm-hmm. There are so many sports programs that do not have any semblance of 
understand how to live within their means. Right. Absolutely. And COVID exposed. Right. And that's why TV money is what they're all chasing because that's how they get more to then be able to spend all their things. And that's why Notre Dame isn't in the same situation as other schools are. People could complain about oh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is one of the very few institutions that operates in the black in regard to where they are. And they're doing that with a way smaller TV deal than those other teams. And there's a lot of reasons for that that I don't really care to get into, but that's that's a big reason why Notre Dame isn't chasing the max deal for TV. They right. want a bigger deal, but here's something people have to remember too, because this constant talk about they're going to be forced to the Big Ten. Within the next three years, Notre Dame is going to have a new apparel deal and a new TV deal that's going to be much bigger than what they've had. So any budgetary concerns Notre Dame may have are going to be gone in three years. And and again, Notre Dame is is in good position where they are but but the thing is is like it's like just think about this this is what people have to remember notre dame signed with under armor for 90 million dollars two years this was in 2014 that deal expires in 2024 two years later michigan signed a deal with nike for 160 million i was in 2016 what is notre dame's apparel deal going to be in two years and i can assure you that Notre Dame has been in conversations with all the apparel companies know very well when Notre gonna, Dame's Under Armour deals out. It's going to blindly re-up with Okay, Under- well, deals up. What are we going to do now? They're already in those conversations. NBC right. runs out in 2025. Trust right. me, Notre Dame has already had some level of, hey, we're open to listen. You know, CBS right. is talking about wanting to get back into college football. They don't have the SEC anymore. Fox Sports would love to have Notre Dame, even if it's not as part of the Big Ten. I'm just telling right. y'all, Right. So that's why I keep saying, like, Notre Dame's going to be fine. People need to calm down and not panic. And if Notre Dame chooses to join a conference because they just wanted to join a conference, it's not because they they need the money. Uh, that's the reality of it. Here we go. Here's another one, Vince. Uh, we are not Marshall. Brian and Vince, how many times did Ohio State put it on the ground due to the crazy pressure Notre Dame puts on their O-line and backfield? That's that's quite the speculation at this point that they're going to like fumble it multiple times. <laughs> I mean, I don't care if they put it on the ground ever. Yeah, right. What I care about is just put him, put the quarterback on the ground. Right. Exactly. He can still have the ball in his hand. I don't care. Just put it's him on the ground. Great if they put the ball on the ground a couple of times. Right. If they do that and Notre Dame's able to recover, it's a different ball game. I mean, let's be right. honest. I can't predict that that Ohio State is just going to fumble the ball multiple times. Right. I, I would love for that to happen, but I cannot predict that to happen. I feel like Notre Dame is going to put a lot of pressure on the offensive line in the backfield, yeah. and that's the way. If there's right. a script that you're writing to win the game, that needs to happen. You know what I mean? Right. A, a fumble would be great, but I can't predict that they're going to fumble it. I don't. I don't think you kind of go into the game planning for that i mean it's you practice turnovers right i mean you you work on those kind of things but it's not no so much that i'll say this those are things that are going to help notre dame win is if they can force some of those uh because again if you can get the ball i don't care if it's sacks or or you know forcing punts or whatever it's it's get the ball but turnovers are usually the best because they tend to be either drive killers meaning you turned it over in your opponent's territory or they're drive starters meaning like you get the ball at the 35 going in Mm -hmm. and so i think those are always always positives that you want to see uh from your football team um 
and that's something that Notre Dame obviously is going to have to be able to do. Well, look, they, got, they, they can't let C.J. Stroud get in the, get comfortable in the pocket. It's you just, you yeah. want to win the turnover battle, right? And, yeah. and forcing a couple of fumbles is going to aid you greatly in winning that battle, right? Notre Dame has to protect the football, and they got to try to take it away. That would be fantastic mm-hmm. if they could do that. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go to the next one, Vince. I love this isn't a this isn't a um question, but I just love the excitement that Bernie has here. <laughs> Bernie says, Don't forget about our two playoff opponents, Alabama and Georgia. Go Irish 14 and O. Is he yeah. talking about going to see their stadiums? Uh he's basically saying that Notre Dame, he's he's saying oh, like okay. as we're ranking yeah. opponents, they he's talking saying about- don't forget their playoff I- opponents. They're gonna play Bama oh, and Georgia, beat them both. And- yeah. <laughs> It we'll, would be. We'll, we'll do that show in uh, December when the playoff <laughs> get announced. It would be a pop app show. Yeah, yeah. Here's a question: Archer four five two is USC Notre Dame's biggest rival? Yes. Uh, if so, what is the atmosphere at that game? Depends if they're good or not. Like, here's the thing: if Ohio State and Michigan are both four and seven, that game is still going to, from an intensity standpoint, still going to feel like it's, you know, a, a big rivalry. If USC's not good. People in California don't care about that game. You don't come. Like, don't come. So you'll have a lot more Notre Dame people there than USC people. Yeah. Story for you. So back in the mid two thousands, when USC was really, really good, mm-hmm. people came to that game. Like they were coming to Notre Dame to watch that game, and they would have a gigantic pep rally on Navy Pier in Chicago for USC fans. And I went with my cousin because she's a USC grad, and you know we have that we have a friendly rivalry going on between us. And I went to the pep rally for USC. Of course, I was decked out in all my Notre Dame gear mm-hmm. and everyone was a 20-year-old. But um, th- that entire pep rally then mm-hmm. got in their cars and came to the game. And there was a there was a huge USC following at the game. When USC's not good, they don't travel. They're not no. traveling across the country. They're not making – Notre Dame is not a destination for USC fans when USC mm-hmm. stays. They're just not. Yeah. So – when there's a ton of USC fans, it's a great atmosphere. When they don't show up, it's not a great atmosphere because it's mostly mm-hmm. Notre Dame fans. Everybody's on the same side. And, you know, they, yeah. So, absolutely. I, I'm with you 100% on that one. Baby Huey has one here. Brian, during your interview with the Oregon podcast, you talked about how bad the Pac mm. officials are. How would you rank conference? officials obviously we're going to stick with the power five i would imagine let's go with them in their own league because i i would say my if i'm talking about notre dame games i'm going to have a very negative opinion towards the big 10 because i think they purposely 
rig games. I mean, I think they not rig games. I think they purposely screwed Notre Dame, right? I don't know if it's trying to rig a game. It's just you know whatever. But if you're just talking about in game, I would I'd probably put I'd probably put the Big Twelve and the SEC at the top. Be honest with you, Big Ten I'd probably have third. And then ACC is a distant fourth. Like those three are all kind of, you know, they're all decent. You know, they're all decent, they're all good crews, I think, for the most part, especially when it's a league game. But I think that uh, big the ACC's officiating is not good. There's a couple good crews, but overall it's just not good. Yeah. And part is because they don't pay. I mean, from things I've heard about, like what they, I mean, you, you know, why would I, why would a good official want to be in the ACC? Right. And then Pac 12 is like distant fifth. So like there's distance between the thir- top three in ACC, and then there's distance between the ACC and the Pac-12. I mean, they're just incompetent. I mean, yeah. it's just the incompetent. I mean, they'll they'll do things like I mean, how many times in the last five years has the Pac-12 had to come out and apologize after a game for we got this really wrong? Meaning, like, not that you missed a call, but we interpreted the rules incorrectly. You know what I mean? Like, you don't even know the rules that you're trying to enforce, right? You know, it's just stuff like that where it's like, wow, how do you how do you miss that? Yeah, how exactly. do you miss that? So I just, man, I don't, I don't see that one. Jay Wick thirteen. Do you think Notre Dame gets their own channel like the Longhorn Network if they leave NBC? I'm assuming all the content on Peacock would have to go with Notre Dame. Well, it wouldn't go with them because when they created that content, it was the property of NBC. So that. It's not going to go away. Like it's probably, I don't know why they would still have it on there, but it's not going to go with Notre Dame, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, Notre Dame will have copyright issues over their actual broadcast, like the actual games, but any of the extra content, Notre Dame doesn't, I don't believe, mm-hmm. has access to that. As far as having their own network, if they get picked up by ESPN, will they have a Notre Dame channel? Maybe. I just don't know that I see that. There might be an extra content situation like they use Peacock for if they go to see Notre Dame will absolutely have their own channel, but it won't be like the Longhorn Network. It'll be more like um, where they put like videos and highlights and you've got to like pay a subscription service for exactly. that stuff. They may then put like, you know, some of their smaller sports on there if you know that aren't part of deals and but it'll be more of like a it'd be more of something like that we would do they'll put interviews on it right. they'll put right you know the the highlights from the game that they normally put on twitter they may put on there if you want to watch them you have to go there i mean it, Notre Dame is know. not making a tv deal with a non-air channel so that right. you have a to have access to their games they're not going to do that they're going to go with a fox a cbs well not not this next time maybe 10 years down the road depending on where streaming is going and all that stuff maybe but you're correct vince their next deal will be with someone big but it will be with someone big who is going to offer some sort of streaming option and i get that and i would totally be on board with that but their actual games I feel are yeah. going to be on network TV. If Notre Dame really wanted to make some money, in my opinion, and I don't know if, if you know, I just think this would work. Maybe it wouldn't, and I'm sure they've done the numbers. But I would have sort of like a subscription service, and and like where you know your production team and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you're so you're sitting like you're having sit downs with coaches. You're like having right. film sessions. You're having like scenes and yeah, like I'll put all my highlight recaps on there. Just charge a few bucks a month. You can, you know, and, and yeah, and you you can watch the live. Like I take the live, I would do, I would honestly, I would take the live. If you did that, I would then take the, I, mean, I wouldn't do it now, but if you did that, I'd take the, the video feeds off of, off of YouTube live 
and Twitter lot, you know, and just say, Hey, look, if you want to watch these, you got to, you got to put them on the, the subscription service because we can't play the whole video. Right. Right. We can only play three minutes of it. Right. right. And so I think there's a lot of things they could do and then they could charge at least a low enough amount to where normal folks could afford it. Sure. Right. Um, and I think that'd make them some good money. And then that there'd be some cool things they could do with that, but Absolutely. it wouldn't be something like where they would do that for, like you said, for games, you right. know, or, or, you know, they need to be accessible. Right. Or free. Right. Cause the thing too is, is that would cost them. They would have to be the ones to pony up to invest in that as opposed to getting the deal somebody else is panked and now you're now part of your deal with cbs hypothetically is hey we're going to pay you 40 million a year and part of our deal is we're going to invest in what we have to do r d wise to get this notre dame streaming channel as part of the deal that right. they would then be the ones to create what we just talked about where notre dame then could reap the you know the percentage of the cut of the subscriptions but right it would be the other group doing all the r d to get it going that would be the ideal thing to do Yep. Uh, in that regard. So Great. good, good, good thoughts. Vince. very good thoughts. All right, let's go here. Last, I think we're, we're getting near the end now. Okay, so from Brandon Flintsner, he says, Brian, do you guys believe this year's Marshall team is better than last year's Toledo team that Notre Dame faced? It's a little too early to tell. I think Marshall last year was better than Toledo last year. In my opinion, I just don't know if this Marshall team will be as good. Because again, they lost a lot of their linemen, and then you know T- Toledo had some athletes last year. They had decent guys coming back. I think both of them are coached well. Uh, I think Jason Candle's a good football coach. I think he hired good coordinators. I mean, we talked about him getting Vince Karras from Mount Union, who was the head coach of Mount Union, won multiple national titles, uh, following his dad's footsteps. He hired him as D coordinator. He's done a really nice job with them since he's come over. So I would say I would say Marshall's probably a little bit bigger. They're 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 a little bit stronger, you know, just size wise. I think both had pretty decent athletes. I just don't know what Marshall's going to have coming back. That's the thing. I don't know enough about the guys stepping into the lineups that to, to say, but based on last year, they were. Yes, yeah. they were. They were. I just don't know if that's going to be the case this year. Even without Kane Madden, be nice. Be nice. He left it. two years it ago. Get me on in the chat. I couldn't help it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So Some you're just so mean. Or it just punched you're me right so in the face. mean. That's what's gonna happen. Yep. Yep. Uh here we go. Tom Flavin says a Notre Dame fan since nineteen fifty three. I will never go to the Coliseum again. Nineteen sixty four, seventy four, and twenty fourteen. Worst Notre Dame losses I've ever seen. Yes, Tom. We are going to definitely blame you for that, <laughs> uh, and uh, and and say that you're not welcome back to the Coliseum. Right. Uh, if it makes you feel better, I'll probably never watch another game there either, but it has nothing to do with the Coliseum. I, I like this comment from Archer, though. He's, Tom, yes. going years that end in four. Probably. There you go. There so, you go. <laughs> yeah, so this year, you'd be good. It's yeah. 2022. Do not go watch him play in two years. Yeah, uh, exactly. That is for sure. Uh, here, here's an interesting comment. Uh, Tenday says, those bacon-wrapped hot dogs after the USC games are the best thing about the Coliseum. I've never had one of those. Mm. I never knew that was a thing. Yeah, neither did I. I've been to the Coliseum twice for games. It, twice, yes. I was there in 2014 and 2016. I didn't know that was a thing. So I'm blaming Tenday that he didn't tell me that beforehand. I know he probably had no clue I was back in 2016, but I'm still <laughs> holding him responsible That's for not right. telling me about this before. I may have to have whoever covers the game this year um, maybe bring me one of those back or something like that. That sounds phenomenal. Or I just may make one. But that sounds phenomenal. I dig that. Very, very much. Very, very much. So, Vince, uh, I think – here we go. we got one last question, I believe. 
Yep. It's um, in, uh, from Kramer Highlights. Hello from San Diego. Welcome. Question. A lot where of, my wife is from, by the way. Well, a lot of Escondido has been on Notre Dame's future. What realistic expectations can we expect from Notre Dame this season being year one in the Coach Freeman year? We actually did a show about That's that. what I was going to say. Kramer, I would encourage you to listen to yesterday's show. <laughs> and I think we did a great job of diving into that. Um, agree or disagree, we had some comments from fans and other type of different things uh, that I thought was very much enjoyable. So I would encourage you to check that out. But I think the one thing you're going to see, you're going to see a far more competitive football team this year, just how they go about their business on a daily basis. And I think that is going to be a big thing for me. Uh, Jules has a comment. Vince. He goes, I'm from Phoenix. I've, I've been to all Fiesta Bowl since 1990s, and we have been destroyed in all games. I need a win. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, they weren't destroyed in all those games because they weren't destroyed this past January yeah. 1st in the Fiesta Bowl. But, yeah, first half and, good, and so. you know, he's young, right? So the, 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 you know, the, the 1989 Fiesta Bowl turned out to be all right. Last time Notre Dame won a national championship. I have been in that stadium because that used to be played. I believe that used to be played in Tempe, Arizona State. That's correct. Yeah, I think so. And I was I was at the Notre Dame Arizona State game in 2014, so that was pretty cool. So nice. yeah, I've been very fortunate to to this job has taken me a lot of places to see some pretty cool yeah. games. I'm pretty jealous. Um, of those yeah. Oh, A and M's another one. I wouldn't mind seeing a game there just to see that. You know, oh, but man. it's not it's not in my top list. It's just as I'm thinking of games Notre Dame's going to play in the next decade. That's that's why I think it'd be you know kind of cool. So. Absolutely. Yeah, so there you go. Still looking forward to that brand new Vegas stadium, man. Like, yeah, the, the shine is still. It's on either it. going to be really cool or too just, too much. Yeah. Well, it's funny because yeah. all the teams that I follow are in old stadiums, right? right. The Cubs, 1914. That you know, Notre Dame Stadium, old. The Bears, old. Like, yeah. I've never really been to a brand. The most brand new stadium I've ever been to is in Detroit, and yeah. that's not that new. You know what I mean? And so. Yeah. I am excited about it to see if I like a new stadium. You know, it looks yeah. cool on TV, but we'll see what all like, the I think like it. Yeah, I think Jerry World's kind of a cool place. Like the yeah. game we went to in uh, in in Arizona. I mean, I I if you remember, Vince obviously was at that game, uh, so Vince got to cover that game. But uh, you know, I was in the stands, and we were. I purposely got in the upper deck, but I got front row, like at midfield. Remember yeah. the the seats yeah. I sent you. And I'm like, man, it's like that's one thing I love about the new stadiums is is the best place to be in a lot of these is like up front of the top deck. Yeah, right. Because the view is so good. Yes. And that's I, I really enjoyed that. So yeah, that was that a lot of fun. Stadium. I will say that it was just so strange. That it was I, I'm just not used to dome stadiums. It's so and the good. angle from where you sat during the game is not ideal. Oh, in the corner. Yeah, yeah the corner. I, I was. That's where I sat in 15 because. When I got my dad Fiesta Bowl tickets in 2015, I could only afford one. So I covered the game and I sent him. Uh, but I was fortunate to be able to take him and my and my nephew this right. year. So it's the first time my nephew'd ever like not spent, you know, the night at my parents' house or his parents' house. That was a lot of fun. Like, he had so much fun. We were like climbing met the, there's like this did you see that big hill right by the hotel? The like had this like the amphitheater, but then it was on like the rocks. We we went up there and we went. I sent you a picture of when I was um, we in the go karts, and Vince like I had like a, the go kart helmet. I sent Vince a picture. He's like, "What in the heck is that?" <laughs> Forgot to tell him where I was. There was no context. Whatsoever. I got kidnapped. They're taking me to space. Elon Musk kidnapped me. Sending me to Mars. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yes. A lot of fun. So anyway, that's gonna do it, to Vince. Why don't you go ahead and take us out of here, buddy? Yes. Well, thank you everybody for joining us on this edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to our channel, hit that notification bell because you never know when there's going to be 
an additional show. Share with your friends. Share and share alike. If you're listening to us on the podcast, go ahead and give us a five-star review. And I'm going to say it all again because Mace always puts it we in here. We have 6 o'clock tonight, IB Nation Sports Talk. Nation Sports Talk. Make sure you check that out. Join the IB message board. Hit the like, subscribe, notification bell. Share this podcast and leave a five-star review. Visit the IB store for the best merch. And as always, go Irish. Thanks for being with us, everybody. Mailbag tomorrow. Woo woo. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.